0: Hasn't it been an absolutely great service so far? Yeah. Might be wise to leave now, isn't it really? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you a generous person? Now don't shout out, don't rush to the front. Just imagine it yourself. Well we need to make it a little bit more objective. So I'd like you to take this quiz this morning. A personality quiz. Now don't hang too much on it but I've just got five questions here and I'd like you to answer them truthfully and to make it very simple you'll notice that when you see it on the screen for there are only two answers each time so that makes it simpler still. If you agree with the one answer you count it on your left hand. Can you do that? Okay and if you agree with the other answer You count it on your right hand. That's it, Judith, thank you, waving like that, you see. Now, I want you to answer truthfully, not the answer you think uh, you ought to give, not the answer that you think I want you to give. That's actually very simple when you get to it. Here we go. Okay. And if you can't imagine the situation that's described, imagine something very similar. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yes, good. I'm getting the thumbs up now, when you do your counting, you might just want to do them sort of like that, you know, so nobody can see, okay. Some well, there, there you go. I mean, you don't need me to read it out, do you really, but there it is okay, so you've got your left and your right? okay, do you or do you? Oh, there we go. Okay, you're keeping the log, are you okay with that one? Probably a first quick thought answer is the best one to go with. So you're counting are you got one on your left or one on your right? Here we go. Now if you don't go out for a meal regularly, or maybe you go to McDonald's, imagine some other situation like this. So you've been out for a meal, do you give a tip only if the service was good? Or we're very British, aren't we? <coughs> okay. And number three of five. Do you? Or do you? Oop, here we go. Back again. And next. This might be you, Joe, actually. (laughs) So someone has to push in front of you. It Could be any kind of cue, really, that you've been waiting for ages. So do you, in in certain words, tell them to get to the back. We'll just leave it at that, shall we? Or do you, and be honest, it's your favorite show. It's your favorite tickets you're after. And the final one. Now, you can imagine what that job is. I don't know, it could be cutting the lawn, putting the bins out, that sort of thing. So do you, or do you, so you've got your five there now. You've got them counted up. You can share it with someone later if you want to. You may not want to, but if you've been honest, maybe you fall into these categories. If you're mostly on the left hand there, I'm sorry, but you're Ebenezer Scrooge, <laughs> or related to him, maybe. Uh, mostly on the right hand, you're probably Mother Teresa. Actually, when I found those pictures, I just thought they looked remarkably the same. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but that's the joys of getting old. Babies and old people, they look the same. Not babies look like old people, you know what I mean. Uh, Okay, so how generous are you? Only you know that. Remember to give in your testimonies of generosity. Perhaps when someone was generous to you, or maybe a bit more embarrassingly, when you were generous to someone, you might want to do that anonymously, I don't know. Uh, but to get in touch with Vicky on the email address there at the church. I know uh, Will and Vicky are on holiday this uh, weekend, but you could see Joe, or maybe Kev, Rachel as well, just to pass your testimonies on to them. And they're going to be shared next me uh, next week. So what does it mean to be generous? Is it the same as Grace. Because when we first started on this topic, I thought, isn't it the same thing? And I had some difficulty in working out what it is. Even though Will did, in the first week, generosity for dummies, didn't he? I still had to look it up and get it clear in my head. Because we're perhaps very familiar with grace, really, aren't we? We'd say, yeah, it's the free and unmerited favour of God to us. It's salvation and blessings. But as I've read a little bit about this, generosity seems to come out of grace. So the grace we have see- received, I found that generosity comes from that. So that's what generosity is. It's a bit long-winded, isn't it? One man put it more simply, I think, like that. A generous act is costly to the giver." You're all familiar, I hope, with John 3:16, and that reminds us of the grace and generosity of God towards us. For God loved the world you. That's demonstrating his grace to us. That he gave his only son. That's the generosity of heaven to us. He gave the most valued possession of heaven. He gave his all. One of my uh, favorite biographies is uh, about C.T. Studd from another century. Uh, Cricketer and missionary said this. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then nothing that I can do for him... Is too great. Luke 15, the parable of the lost son, demonstrates grace and generosity. I remember back perhaps a year or two now, uh, John Bentley's study about uh, the lost, the parable, the parable of the lost son and I thought oh the parable of the lost son we've heard all of that before haven't we we know it all but that was an astounding uh, demonstration and revelation from a familiar story from John so grace the father welcomes the lost son back the generosity was outstanding wasn't it a son not a servant a robe a ring sandals let's have a party. Well, we have received both grace and generosity from our Father. The example set by him should be the pattern for our living and giving. Well, I feel that generosity is a fruit of the Spirit. It isn't mentioned by name in Galatians 5, but kindness is. And kindness is described as the quality of being generous. So if you want your generous spirit to grow, you need to tend and nurture it and not to ignore and neglect it. Okay, well at this point, we have a very special uh, event going to take place. One of our young people is going to come and demonstrate an astounding piece of magic for us. So where is she? Come on, let's, she will introduce herself. Yes, there we go. she will introduce herself um, you're gonna try and you're going to try without the mic are you? She said she can do it without the mic because she can talk loud. So here it is, she'll introduce herself and then tell her tell us what she's going to do. Okay. Hello, my name is Naomi and today I'm going to try and do a magic using this yellow What well, I'm going to try Ah, Woo! Now, I'm going to try and get it off the right hope you'll end up in my hand. Wow. Whoa! Woo-hoo. Now, Naomi's been practicing that for a week or two now, haven't you? Because she saw some magic at the, um, at the children's church, and she said she'd like to learn some magic. Wasn't that really brilliant? It was, brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. I think she's going to be a magician in the future. Now, I, I think she deserves, I know we've had lots of young people out, but I, I want to, because special this is, I want to give her a, a reward. And I thought, would a pound be generous if I get, uh. no, <laughs> Neil, <laughs> thanks Neil, hiya. Okay, look, I'm only going so far, I've got two pounds. What? No, two pounds, two pounds is generous, isn't it? Is it would you say, for, the, for what she's done, for the level, is that generous? <laughs> you wouldn't be doing it if it was your money. Okay, this is my absolute limit, All Right, I think, given the nature of the task, the five pound is generous, yeah. Okay, okay okay that's my story of generosity then so well done Naomi and look out for that uh, in future and your stories of generosity as well bring them in one matter Now, that's not a a disease, that's actually a name of a person. Uh, He's an exceptional footballer, a very sublime footballer. And he started a charity called Common Goal Charity. And he's trying to get other footballers like himself to give 1% of their income uh, to this charity. It's very, very commendable. Did you know that the average salary of a Premier League footballer is two and a half million pounds a year? Two and a half million. One matter, it's estimated, his salary is about seventy. Uh, sorry, seven million pounds a year. So 1% of that, 70,000 pounds. It's a brilliant idea, isn't it? Is it generous? Is it generous? I'll, I'll let you decide on that. The Bible has its own story about generosity. And again, some of these stories, I'm sure that you'll be familiar with, that the widow's two mites, how that people were giving loads and loads in, but they were giving out of their excess. But the widow was giving the two mites everything that she had. But he judged us, as it says at the end there, our gift not by how much we give, but by how much we have left after we give. 25 years ago, this month, I think it is, 25 years ago, some of the folks here went to Romania. George was our principal driver 25 years ago taking goods and all sorts of things over to Romania. And one of the things that struck me there, it was very warm actually, we'd taken jumpers and all kinds of things. I'd taken one T-shirt, but it was like two weeks of really hot weather, and so we were actually having to just wear that same T-shirt all the time. So, there we go. But at mealtimes, and the first one, we weren't quite sure what was happening. It was like a courtyard, perhaps something like this, and the table was set out, and all the food is placed on the table. And uh, we were encouraged to come and sit by the table and to eat the food. And they would stand back and uh, serve us. I thought, that is that a real generous spirit? So we tucked in. Uh, and I must say, I had to swallow some things without chewing them. But nevertheless, it was a very, very generous act. As great. And we ate our fill. Um, we said, right, we'll help you clear away. And then you can uh, have your meal. Well, there was no clearing away, because when we got up out of the, the chairs there, they came and sat down, and they ate what we had left. They ate what we had left, and then we cleared away. And then in the evening, they gave us the best beds, although there were lots of bugs weren't there, and bitey things that sort of bite your legs and that sort of thing. But that was a, a tremendous example of the generosity that they showed us and the folks here, we gave our goods and time to them. Okay. The picture that you saw at the start, this is my niece, Leah. And she'd been planting with her Auntie Joyce some sunflower seeds, and she likes to do that. And uh, each week, we'd give Leah uh, a small amount of pocket money. <laughs> you can see I'm not very generous with you, but she has a small amount of pocket money. And the first time I started this, when she started school, she's eight and a half now. And I said, now, Leah, what I want you to do is I want you to spend—sorry, so- uh, spend some. She was happy with that. Great. Spend some. And I'd like you to save some. She was happy with that. But when I said, give some away, I want you to share some, she sort of got the money and she went. She thought I was going to take it back off her. Generous spirit. What do you like? Do you spend some, save some, share some? Luke 16 and 38, and Joe mentioned this uh, the other week, it says, give and it will be given unto you. And you might be thinking, well, I do that, I give my tithe and I give this and I do that. And it doesn't seem to be working for me. We don't seem to have any millionaires here, do we? We don't seem to have any millionaires. So is that really working? If you put 10 pounds into the offering, would you get a 100 back, a 1,000? A million maybe. Is that your expectation? Well, actually, just to say give and it will be given unto you is taking it out of context. The context, as Joe uh, brought to us on week two, was about forgiveness. And the context of this is about forgiveness. You forgive, you give, and forgiveness will abound for you. What I want to bring to you now, the thought is this. The harvest from a generous life. And when we were praying earlier on, someone prayed about the seed and the fruit, and that really confirmed to me, God wants to say this, a harvest from a generous life. I'm just going to read some verses of scripture from 2 Corinthians, so here we go. Okay, you can follow it on the screen, or if you've got your various apps, or maybe you've got one of those old-fashioned paper Bibles with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Remember Phil telling us about that last week, hospitality, not being forced to do it. For God loves A cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So the principle there is to sow generously. And Leah sowed some plants, some little seeds rather. Only about half a dozen, something like that. And, uh, oops, they're all going over the place. I bought one or two to show you actually. Here's one of the seed heads. There it is, that's that one there. Doesn't look much now. Doesn't look as pretty as it did before. But that's that one there. And I found by reading these, that about these, that the sunflower is one of the most generous plants, as far as seeds are concerned. Up to about two thousand seeds are on there. You can count them if you want. They break off quite easily. But I better not in here. Don't I And that was the large flower head. That was in the open soil. Now, if you'd noticed the picture earlier, you see, some of the flower heads are pretty small, just these ones at the front. And if you track them down, they're planted in the pot. Oops, there we go. So, those small flower heads were planted in the pot, and the root system couldn't extend, and so on and so forth. The gardeners will know better. But the ones that were in the open soil, the ones that were unbound, produced a much more generous crop. And when you do, when Naomi does her tricks for truth, we'll call it that tricks for truth, <laughs> maybe she might say in that one to be unbound to be released, not to be tied, but to be unbound, and we'll get a more generous crop. What I'd like the uh, young people to do later on and par- Parents perhaps you can get this. If you'd like to get yourself a little pot, like that, and there is a seed in it. That one's dropped, but there's a little seed in it. And if you plant that next spring, you can look, do a Google search on it, see how to plant it, plant it in the pot, Don't put it outside too early because the frost will get it, maybe mid to the end of May. Then you can plant that directly in the soil and it's biodegradable and so on. And maybe next year, Sue, perhaps uh, you could get some pictures of young people standing by their sunflower flowers to see the generosity and remind them of the generosity of God. There we go. Now there's just something I found, but I'm sure you can find a lot more so so generously to give cheerfully that's what it said wasn't it in the scripture to give cheerfully and when you look up some of these words it's quite interesting the word cheerfully actually comes from a word that literally means hilarious so what I'd like you to do next time we have the offering can you give hilariously and they'll really think we're a bit strange. Well, they do anyway, don't they? But can you give hilariously when you put your money in? And the more you put in, the louder you can laugh if you want. But give hilariously to God. To give cheerfully. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. And then it says to reap bountifully. So, so generously, give cheerfully, reap bountifully. Now I'm going to show you a picture of a man here. I'm going to ask you what does this man have to do with you not the not him him what does this man have to do with you nothing you might say never met him never will he died many years ago but what does this man have to do with you one or two people here will know who it is this man is called Caleb Beardsmore, is the uncle of someone you'll remember very well, Morris White, who's now back at Eve Lane. So this is Caleb Beardsmore, Morris's uncle. And this man attended a crusade, it was called, in the 1930s at Dudley Town Hall, and he became one of the converts there. And he decided to set up a little church. After he visited others, he decided to set up a little church himself in his house. And then uh, to set up a fellowship in Eve Lane in Upper Gornal. And then in the late 30s, 1930s, then built a church that was on Eve Lane there. So what's it got to do with you? The next pastor who came to the church there... Pastor Gerald Chamberlain, which is obviously the older guy that is there. And this is us at one of the camps that we used to go to as young people. I'm a great believer in the youth camps. In the late 60s, early 70s, we used to go. And this is us. we just won the cup, well, such as it was then, the football cup at Exmouth Youth Camp. And I'll point out my bestest friend on there. You might not recognize him now because he's very follically challenged in other words he's not got much hair is there you see there he is anyone know who it is my bestest challenge yeah you got it Kevin that's Paul Chamberlain or Pastor Paul Chamberlain that's uh, Gerald Chamberlain's uh, son so, which one's me Rachel says I'll leave that to your imagination one uh, well, yeah, very good that's me there yeah uh, and so from Caleb Beardsmore starting his church then Gerald Chamberlain comes, and these are some of the youth from there. Again, what's it to, g- to do with you? So I'd been going to the church for a, a, perhaps a handful of years, and then in, and going to some of the youth camps. And then in 1970, I was 17, and my dad died very young, age 39. I've got a younger brother, Kelvin, who's a couple of years younger. And then my sister Kay was a year old, and Kay is uh, Leah's uh, mother. And uh, there was no money, no insurance, no money, no savings, nothing, absolutely nothing. And very generously, the uh, leadership at the church there, they said that they would pay for me to go to the youth camp that year. So Sue and Matt and the role they're going to play, that's very much close to my heart because the impact that you'll have on young people and children is immense. Never underestimate that. The seed that you sow is absolutely uh, immense. And Gerald Chamberlain, Pastor Gerald Chamberlain, uh, of Chamberlain House, you remember that from some years ago? And that was also from a generous donation. One of my heroes of faith, he told me about Jesus. And then Jeffries Williamson came to the church and then this very handsome looking guy Founded the church here, Church at Junction 10 or Worsley Evangelistic Centre. That's way back. Now I know that picture is in 1978 because he was at our wedding. John was my best man, so you can see there. And in 1978, John took up the call to come here and to lay the foundations of this church here. So you're getting the connection a little bit now, how that you are connected to Caleb Beardsmore. And then John Bentley took us further, and then we have Kev, Rach, Joe, taking us further from the church at Junction 10 to there. And that's a picture of us in here last each Easter. So 80 years ago, Caleb sowed generously and laid foundations. As a result, 40 years ago, we've been together as a church for 40 years next April. 40 years April 1978 and John Price so generously and laid foundations now we've got some new folks in today for the first time we're welcoming Sue and Matt joining the fellowship Pat Davis was with us where's Pat said Pat was here on day one anybody beat that day one and along the journey others have come you are here now you're part Of this journey here you are the harvest of generosity people who have sown into the church here 40 years from now 2058 where will you be where will you be I'll be on the back row will there be a harvest from your generous life you are the foundation for the future generation at Junction 10 and this above all of everything that we're saying today I feel this is what the Lord has given me to pass on to you this is the bit that I felt the Lord was saying something for you to take home with all the rest yes but this and that is about you being the foundation here are you committed to here to J10 this is your foundation some of the characteristics of foundations to consider. Because it's easy to say, it? yeah, of course, yeah, that's my church, I go there. What are the characteristics of foundation? Foundations involve digging. Sometimes the seasons, as Rach mentioned earlier, sometimes the seasons in your life are not so good and you have to dig in. Laying foundations involves digging. And folks have done that over the years, and currently, so that we can be here today. Another characteristic of foundations is depth, and we sang it er earlier, called deeper still. Do you want to go deeper into the Holy Spirit, deeper into God? Then those foundations need to go deeper. If you want to build a house, you need foundations of a certain depth. Of a school like this, a building like this, deeper still. If you want to build a skyscraper, deeper still. The higher that you want to go into God, the deeper those foundations need to be. Foundations involve hard work, digging. It involves depth. But also, foundations have a demand put upon them. There's a demand put upon them. It's not an optional extra. Foundations need to be able to withstand the compression that's put upon them. Otherwise, the building will not stand. And spiritually, building a church here, there's a demand put upon our leaders, upon us as well. A compression. The demand of compression, of time. Time is a great demand. Over the years, people have come and gone. That's great. The Lord has called them to different places. But now we're here. And the demand on you... Is perhaps like those foundations, sometimes there's some pressure. But it's the demand of time as well. And what I thought was most interesting about foundations, when you came in today through the building there, or even sitting where you are, can you see them? Once the house starts to go up, you won't see the foundations you won't see them and for some folks for some of us it's being part of the foundation that is not seen but nonetheless it is as important you may feel that you're doing a role taking on a role nobody ever says anything I'm just doing that role it's not seen all of you that are prayers at home and the Lord tells us to pray in secret in the quiet place That's the foundation making that no one sees. So don't despise the foundations and the fact that you can't see them. They are there. But the more you want of the Lord, you're going to have to dig. Sometimes you're going to have to dig. Sometimes that depth needs to go lower and lower, deeper into him. Although you can't see those foundations, the great demand that is put upon them. But he is the foundation upon which we built. So we can have confidence that we are building upon that firm foundation. And in the little book I was reading about uh, Caleb, it says this The fellowship at Eve Lane has played a part in helping establish similar churches at Sedgley, Kingswinford, Womburn, and. Junction 10 by the M6. Needs a bit of updating now. Carries, doesn't it? But that was the fruit of a life lived generously in the service of the Lord 80 years ago and 40 years ago. We really want you to be part of the foundations here as we move forward, both with the physical foundations but the spiritual foundations as well. So, are you living a generous life? Are you Mother Teresa, or are you Ebenezer Scrooge? Well, there's, of course, a delay between sowing and reaping. You plant in one season, sometimes with tears, and you reap in another. Contrary to modern society, that's all so instant, isn't it? But with us, there's a process where faith and trust in him is strengthened. So can I encourage you today, as Paul wrote to the Galatians... Do not be weary in well-doing. Let me say that again if you remember nothing else. Because it's so easy to get weary in God's work. Yeah. Do not be weary in well-doing. The foundations for the next generation at Junction 10 depend on your response to God's example and call to be generous. Let me read the last few verses of the scripture we started earlier. As we finish uh, this part of the service. 2 Corinthians 9, and it continues in these verses. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So can I encourage you to be a generous person and to build upon the foundation that is Jesus himself and to be part of the foundations of what we're doing here at J10 as we move into the future. Can we just pray before I hand back to the guys here? Father, we thank you for the grace that you've extended to us, which we could not earn in any way, and certainly didn't merit it, but you gave your grace to us And also for your generosity. Giving your son Jesus. Died for our sins. So that we might spend eternity with you. Thank you for that generosity. That heaven gave all. Holy Spirit I pray you'll speak to us today. That we'll take on that example. And live lives. Individually as generous people. But collectively. As your church here. At Junction 10. To be a generous people so that folks around will know that we belong to you and it will impact upon us, yes, but also upon this area around as well. Help us, Lord, to be a generous people. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening so well. Great. Thanks, team.